You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. The Certainty of Resurrection The Bible speaks of bodily resurrection of people actually raised from the dead. Now, we appreciate that this is difficult for us to comprehend, especially when we first come across it as it's outside of our experience today. There's no one alive today who's experienced resurrection. So how can we talk about the certainty of resurrection? Well, what is remarkable is that the most certain historical event ever recorded from any ancient writing is resurrection. It's the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to see how certain and how important and how sure we can be about resurrection when we consider the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the New Testament writings that we find in the Bible. We actually have no other ancient writing that compares to the New Testament for volume, for accuracy, for consistent teaching and testable reliability. There are, for example, far more copies of the ancient manuscripts of the New Testament available today than any other ancient manuscript. And when they are compared together, we find that all the manuscripts of the New Testament uh, that we have today agree with one another far more than any other copies of any other ancient writing. It's not our subject for this talk, but it's an interesting study in itself to see how reliable the New Testament actually is. Even any small coincidental information found within the New Testament, such as in Acts chapter 27, the the way and the direction of the winds that blew over the Mediterranean Sea, they are all found to be true. In fact, nothing that can be tested from the New Testament has ever found to be false. And there is one thing in the New Testament... One thing above any other thing that is very deliberately revealed to have been tested and tried at the time of the writings of these manuscripts, and that is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the whole gospel message which the apostles took into all the world depended upon this fact, whether Jesus rose from the dead. So let's start and have a look at the drama of the situation surrounding the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and see why it is necessary to be so certain about resurrection. Can we begin in the Gospel record of Mark and chapter 15? We might be aware that the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified to death, but there were many witnesses to his death, not just common people, but also people who were experienced in seeing and knowing where the people were dead. And so in Mark 15 and verse 43, we have this interesting little section that occurred at the death of the Lord Jesus. In verse 43, we read of Mark 15, Joseph of Arimathea. Now, Joseph was a Jewish ruler. We read of him here in verse 43 that he was an honourable counsellor. He also waited for the kingdom of God. He came and went in boldly unto Pilate. Now, Pilate was the Roman governor that sentenced Christ Jesus to death. But he comes to this Roman governor and he craves the body of Jesus. And Pilate marvelled if he were already dead. 
and calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And so we find this Roman governor, Pilate, he looks for confirmation that Jesus was in fact dead. And he asks this centurion, who was a captain over a hundred other soldiers, an experienced man in death, whether this was so. And yes, Jesus was dead. He was confirmed by the centurion. In fact, in John 19, verse 34, just to make sure that Jesus was dead, we find that they pierced the side of the Lord Jesus with a spear. There was no doubt that Jesus was dead. There were many witnesses to that. But there was a problem. Can we come back to Matthew's Gospel record and chapter 27? In Matthew chapter 27, we're going to find the rulers of the Jews. Not men like... Um, not men like we just read of in Mark 15, people like Joseph of Arimathea. These are other rulers. These are the ones that orchestrated Jesus' death. They were jealous of him. They wanted him out of the way. And in Matthew chapter 27, in verse 62, we read, Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, so this is the day after Jesus' death, the chief priests and the Pharisees, the rulers of the Jews, came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulchre be made sure unto the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and set in a watch. The Jewish rulers were going to make sure that it did not appear Jesus rose from the dead by any means. The tomb in which Jesus was laid, his body was laid, was a cave which was covered over with what is described as a very great stone. It was then sealed as we just read, indicating that if any tampering went on that seal would be broken and all would know that something untoward had happened. And more than that, they get a watch from Pilate. They get Roman soldiers, guards, positioned outside of the tomb to make sure nothing could go wrong. Yet Luke chapter 24, what happened? In Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. Here we're going to read of Mary and some women that came with her to that tomb. Some followers of the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. On the third morning, Mary and her companions go to the tomb and find it empty inside. What has happened? There were guards stationed outside to make sure nothing untoward would happen. So how could this tomb now be empty? Well, verse 4, And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them 
in shining garments. And angels are described often as men in shining garments. And we believe these indeed were angels. In verse 5, as the women were afraid, they bowed down their faces to the earth. And they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. The angels told these women that Jesus had risen from the dead. That they ought not to be confused, but they actually should believe what Jesus had already told them would happen. In fact, what we find happens shortly after is that Jesus himself will appear to the women and show them that he has risen. We'll come back to Mark's gospel record and Mark chapter 16. These women, then, having heard this news, go back and tell the disciples of the Lord Jesus. Surely they would want to know this. So they go back to the disciples, but rather than being joyful, the disciples don't believe what the women have said. They don't believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, or at least not initially. Because in Mark chapter 16 and verse 14, Jesus himself has to come and appear to the 11 disciples that were left. We know there were 12 originally, but one betrayed him. There are 11 left. And so in Mark 16 and verse 14, we read, And afterward he, that's Jesus, appeared unto the 11 as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And so the Lord Jesus, he appears to his disciples. He actually appears on more than one occasion. Actually, this is just the first occasion. And he tells them that they need to go and preach the gospel message. They were witnesses of his resurrection. And they had to go now and preach that the Lord Jesus had risen from the dead. But this, in fact, wouldn't be an easy task. And so they were given the power of God in measure, known as the Holy Spirit gifts, to add weight to their witnessing. And Jesus tells them that in verse 17. He says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils or illnesses. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Well, come over to Acts chapter 4, because we find this is exactly what the disciples, who were now called apostles, once sent, they became the apostles, and this is what they did. They went preaching what Jesus had told them to preach. And Acts chapter 4 records for us the aftermath of Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, the apostles had preached the resurrection, and they'd shown God's power by healing people. Particularly, they'd healed a lame man, one that everyone knew couldn't walk from birth. And now suddenly he's leaping about. God's power had been shown, and they were preaching the resurrection. But those rulers of the Jews that wanted Christ dead in the, in the first place were unhappy that Jesus was still being preached. And so, in verse, chapter 4 and verse 1, we read this. And as they, that's the disciples, spake unto the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees, these rulers of the Jews, came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and they put them in hold unto the next day. And so we find that because they preached these things, 
the apostles suffered. Here they were put in prison. Later on in the book of Acts, we'll find they were beaten and they were persecuted. And we find eventually many of them actually died for teaching the things which they knew to be true, for they had witnessed it with their own eyes. But all this persecution didn't dissuade them from their purpose. They'd healed the man of his lameness, which all the people wondered at in Jerusalem. And so when they were brought out for questioning in verse 10 of chapter 4, the Apostle Peter says, Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom he crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. The healing of the man was proof that Jesus had been risen from the dead. Well, what could the rulers of the Jews do? In verse 16, they talk to amongst themselves and they say, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. They couldn't deny what had happened. And the apostles were saying, this is proof of our witness that Jesus rose from the dead. And so this continued to happen. The, the work of the apostles through works of miracles and the preaching of the resurrection from the dead. Acts chapter 17 and verse 6 says that the whole world was turned upside down. There were many witnesses to what the apostles were saying and showing that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, we find that the Lord Jesus didn't only appear to those 11 disciples, but he appeared to many others as well. Can we come over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we have the writings of the Apostle Paul. Now, he wasn't one of the 11. He became an apostle much later on. In fact, the Apostle Paul originally was a persecutor of anyone who taught the resurrection. But Jesus personally appeared to, to Paul. And after that, well, he couldn't deny it anymore. And we find he becomes an avid teacher of the resurrection. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he writes this letter, which was circulated at the time. And he says this in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. What is this gospel? Verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And so we can see now how the Apostle Paul wholeheartedly endorses the resurrection of Jesus, showing how that it had been prophesied in their scriptures in the Old Testament. But there was more witness than just their Old Testament scriptures of prophecy because there were many eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. If the people of the time doubted Paul's words that the resurrection was true, he says to them, go and ask the witnesses. Verse 5, he says, he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. 
if they were in any doubt, they could go and ask a, a witness, of which there were many. There were, he appeared to over 500 at one time. You wouldn't call that many witnesses to the truth of what you were speaking if it wasn't certain. So, from what the Old Testament scripture said, from the witness of many people to the risen Lord Jesus, and from the miracles they performed, it all witnessed to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is recorded for us in the New Testament, the most reliable ancient writing that we have today. In fact, if we can't believe the resurrection of Jesus, we can't actually believe any ancient writing. No other writings have this much proof as the New Testament. But why is it so important that Jesus being raised was known and believed? Well, the Apostle Paul continues in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 to outline in this chapter the importance of resurrection. Because there were some who believed the gospel, but are actually saying there was no resurrection. Now, the Apostle Paul says that's incompatible. You, you either believe them both or you don't believe either of them. So in verse 13, he says this. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 13 but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is vain also. The things which they were taught were false if Jesus had not been risen. Therefore their faith would become vain or worthless. And so he says to them in verse 17, If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep or died in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. He, he affirms that Christ is risen from the dead, but he is the firstfruits, he says, of the resurrection. And the implication is, that there are others to follow. If Christ is first, there must be others coming behind him. It is by this means God has purposed to overcome man's greatest enemy of sin and death itself. The apostle continues into verse 21 and says, For since by man came death, by man, the Lord Jesus, came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, but every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after they that are Christ's that is coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he hath put all enemies under his feet, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Our means of overcoming sin and death in our life is through the resurrection from the dead. Without it, we will be dead forever, with no hope at all in this life. God has called us to believe this gospel message, the good news, this hope of life after death, which we can believe with confidence through the work of the apostles and join with them in their hope, which they say at the end of this chapter in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through 
our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.